Hello and welcome to the Life Teacher Podcast. My name is Hector Suko and with me here today is Latha J. Latha is a spiritual manifestation coach and Ayurvedic practitioner who blends modern insights with traditional wisdom. She integrates what she has learned through her education and life experiences to teach people to change perceptions, manifest, and modify their lifestyles. She recently went viral on TikTok with one of her videos, and we will get into that just a little bit later. But first, let's welcome her in. Hi, Latha. Hi. Hey, how's it going? Good, good. So my first question is the same for everybody. Please tell mm -hmm. us, who is Latha? I am a spiritual manifestation coach. I'm also a mother of two and I'm a native born New Yorker. I enjoy traveling and I newly have started a TikTok account just a few months ago and have had this viral success. Excellent. What is Ayurvedic? It's pretty hard to pronounce, but what is it? <laughs> Ayurveda. Um, Ayurveda is an ancient Indian healing art form. It's essentially the science of life. And it's a tradition of living and lifestyle and healing that I actually grew up with since I was born. And then later I went and formally got a master's degree in Ayurvedic science and integrative medicine. And it's a form of medicine, you said? It's a form of lifestyle, right? So in Ayurveda, everything is, um, everything is medicine. So you heal your life through foods, through actions, through routines, through thoughts. Excellent. And so you mentioned in your TikTok videos following the viral one that your first marriage failed. Can you go a little bit into that? <laughs> You're getting right into it. Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah. So I was married in my early 20s and uh, it didn't work out. It, I was married to a very nice person who I cared for a lot. And um, we just had different ideas of what marriage entailed. I think that we came into it young, um, a little bit unknowing. And it just didn't work out. You know, I had different focuses and then this other person had their own focuses. And when did manifestation come into your life? Just about that time. Well, actually, to be very clear, I learned manifestation from my grandmother who taught it to me um, in a very Ayurvedic, Indian, Hindu traditional way. Right. And I always kind of was raised this way. And then as an adult, I actually read a book called The Secret by Rhonda Brin. And when I read it, I kind of had this awakening in which I was like, wait a second, other people know about this. It's not just some weird stuff that my grandma talks about, you know, and it just totally like opened my eyes to that. There was a whole different way that we could use our thoughts and energy and shift our life. And that was kind of the awakening for me. When was the awakening? Was this during your first marriage after the divorce? Um, yeah, it was, it was probably just after we got divorced right around that time when things started getting really, really, really rocky for me. I think I really looked for something that was going to kind of give me some solace and help me through the situation that we were in. And um, when I found this book, it kind of just, I was just like, wow, other people know about this. So why don't I actually use this? And so you picked up and read the book in when you were sad about your divorce yeah mm -hmm. and so you read through the book it's an eye-opener for you what do you do next I start manifesting so um I 
kind of wanted to play around with the idea and have it in a very like easygoing and jovial manner. So one of the first things that I manifested was a rose. Um, at the time I was living somewhere where roses weren't very common. They don't just grow on bushes kind of thing around the area. And I wanted to manifest a very specific rose that was pink and yellow. And I remember I was walking um, with one of my friends. So for weeks I had been trying to manifest this rose and nothing was coming. And I was kind of like, ah, maybe this stuff doesn't work, you know, kind of had gotten hard about it and, and didn't really believe in it. Then one day I was walking down the beach with one of my best friends and we were just like talking and laughing and like making jokes. And out of nowhere, a rose washed up from the ocean directly in front of me. And in this moment, I stopped and was in shock. And I was like, what? How does this even happen? And it was the exact rose. It wasn't a red rose. It wasn't a white rose. It was a rose that was pink and yellow. And in that moment, I was like, whoa, I just really discovered something. Because it wasn't just about manifesting, but it was about the energy that you're in that can help you attract things. So in that moment on that beach, when I was happy and joyous, I could attract anything. And so you decided to, to start small with a simple yeah. object. Yeah. Yeah. I did decide to start small because I was kind of testing it to see, you know, um, I had always learned about it and my grandmother had always taught to me, taught it to me in the space of like, okay, this is how you can, um, you know, focus and get better grades, or this is how you can, you know, attract different opportunities into your life kind of thing. But when I had learned it from the book, it shifted my, my thinking about it. You know, I was raised in America. My grandmother is um, Tamil and taught us everything that she knows in Tamil, right? So when I had kind of understood it in English, it made a lot more sense to me for some reason. And it just clicked. Maybe it was the timing. Maybe it was the moment. Maybe the stars had aligned, whatever you want to call it. But it definitely just clicked. Have you also, by any chance, have read the, the book, the Alchemist by Paulo Coelho. Yeah, it's actually one of my favorite books. It is my favorite book as well. So much so is that I bought a poster of the entire novel with someone on a camel in silhouette. I think that's what you would call it. And it's hanging right by my bed. It's an incredible book. And it says, when you want something, the universe conspires for you to achieve it. However, it may not just be that simple of a sentence, because what you're saying is start small. Don't go for the lottery. Don't go for the million dollars. Start small. Is, is that what I'm getting from you? Well, it's more so like start where you believe you can achieve, right? Because all with manifesting, the main thing is really having faith. It's not having hope. And there's that big difference, right? So hope is having a desire that something is going to come into your life but faith is having a knowing. So for me at that time, after everything I had been through and all of the heartbreak, I had decided that I could have faith to see this specific rose. And that's, that's where I was, you know, I wasn't in, in a space or in the, like a mental capacity to do or manifest or create anything else. I was there and that's what I was able to manifest. And so how would one begin to train their mind to think, instead of, I hope I see a pink and yellow rose to I'm going to see a pink and yellow rose. And that's it. Final, full stop. How does one even begin to, to do that? Because throughout my life, it has, it has always been a hope. I hope I get a wife. I hope that we can have a boy and a girl. 
it came true, right? I got my wife and we had a boy and we had a girl. It, my hopes came true, but I don't know if I ever had faith that it would work out that way. How does one start to train their mind from hope to just faith or knowing? That's a great question. So the key here is your feelings. The way that you feel really determines if it's in a space of hope or if it's in a space of faith. So in a, in a space of faith, you, you can feel it. You can feel it in your bones that it's coming true. Right. And, um, you have like a knowing that it is coming to you. You feel that feeling of love, you know, that it is there for you. When, when I was trying to visualize this rose and manifest this rose to me, my biggest thing was I would continuously see this rose and just be in awe that it had come to me. And this was my own visualization before I had even ever seen it, but I saw it in detail and I could see the colors and how the ombre effect from one color to another was affecting the petals and just how beautiful it was. But I, I could, I almost could feel it in my hand at that moment. Okay. And for those that have trouble con contextualizing their feelings, is there any other strategies they can do? And I'm going to give you some now. Okay. Okay. For me, it's, it's writing therapy. It's, it's the power of writing. You know, I, when I, when my mind is very jumbled and I start my prayer to God and it's very jumbled, it sounds like Ben Stiller in meet the parents. It's incohesive. Mm -hmm. And it got to the point one day where I was like, let me open a word document and let me get my feelings, uh, get my prayer down, but in writing. And it just blew my mind. Cause when you're writing now, you, your mind switches from uh, to, okay, so this is what I want. Oh, wait, let me go back. Cause I want to say something before, right. It, it helps you compartmentalize your feelings in a way. For, for the rose, drawing a picture, it, are these other ways that people can contextualize their feelings? Yeah, absolutely. You, you hit the nail on the head with drawing. I think that that's a very powerful tool there and also writing. So when you write down what you're looking to create or manifest in your life, or when you draw a picture about it, you're taking it out of this like thought and ether space of your, your mind and putting it one step closer to reality by putting it down on paper. So absolutely. That's one way to do it. When it comes down to let, let's say going viral on TikTok, do you imagine you going on the app and seeing that number arbitrary number and the m next to it for those that don't know on tiktok the letter m stands for a million either a million likes a million views latha yeah so um how i manifested going viral sure so i am a continuous manifester, meaning I constantly have different goals that I'm writing about and reaching and, you know, scripting about and journaling about all the time. So I have certain goals in regards to how many views and how many uh, viewers that I would get every month and then how many followers, all of that. It's, it's pretty detailed. And I like to be very detailed about what I create. Um, when I create goals, I want to make sure that I'm able to hit them. Right. And that also is like a, a motivation for me to do more to actually get there. But in the space of visualizing that, what I had actually visualized was every time that I opened the app that at the bottom, it would say 99 plus notifications, 99 plus notifications. And I would refresh it and 99 plus notifications. And that is what I would continuously see. 
And that is what I have continuously seen now, you know, for, for now weeks <laughs> at this point, every time I refresh it, every time I go on the app, it's 99 plus notifications. Amazing. Amazing. And I want to touch on a few other tricky things people want to manifest. Sure. Um, and then, well, the second one's going to be love. So the first one is money. And I'm pretty sure you get this a lot. What is a strategy or two that people can do to manifest more funds coming in or more money? Okay. So for people to be able to manifest and attract more abundance into their life. So definitely money and love are the top two questions that I get asked constantly, right? And both of them, well, all manifestation really has one thing in common, and that's about our limiting beliefs. We are true creators and we can create anything we want in our life. But the one thing that holds us back is our own limiting beliefs. Now, if you understand that you are a creator and you're creating everything in your life, then you have to understand also that you're the one that creates the blocks and the limitations. So if you believe you can have it, you can have it. And if you don't believe that you can have it, you're right. You can't have it. So that's a very important point. Specific so that if you're having issues in regards to attracting the love of your life or abundance, like you were mentioning, the first thing to really do is to focus and really work on your, do that shadow work. Get rid of those limiting beliefs that you've had. Start there and start working on that. And that doesn't mean just stop there, right? Or get bugged down there. You can do this in parallel. You can start doing your shadow work and working on your limiting beliefs and creating new affirmations for yourself while you're in the space of manifesting and doing some of the other stuff that we were talking about. Shadow work seems intense. And again, feelings, it, it feels to me that for most people that may want to try it, it's going to be very convoluted. Would you say that writing your limiting beliefs down would be better or it just depends on each person? So I think that there's a sometimes a misunderstanding in regards to shadow work, right? Shadow work can be a multitude of different things, but it's really at looking at the root cause of your limiting beliefs and shining a light on them. And when you do that, it, enables, it allows you to really open up this whole new thought system for you. So you're no longer limited to make decisions about your life as an adult based on things that might've happened to you as a child. Um, I can give you an example of, of that. Do you want me to? I was about to go down my personal road and go see ahead. if I can better connect with my audience, right? And so limiting belief I may have for abundance is I may not be worth a million dollars, right? I'm, I'm not Tom Brady. I'm not any of these politicians. I'm not a superstar. I'm just a regular person with a family. I'm not worth a million, right? Would that be an example of shadow work? Well, no, that's an example of a limiting belief. Okay. Shadow okay. work, shadow work would be you looking back into your past and trying to figure out where that belief comes from right? Were you constantly told that by a parent as a child? Like, um, no, you're not worthy enough to, to make a million dollars. Oh, you can't sit in the penthouse. You can't ride in the limo or whatever the case was. Or were you told by teachers? Or did you, did you have an event or something happen in your life that then made you decide that, that you were not worthy of being a millionaire or creating something? I yourself? think it was almost self-sabotage. Every time I would see something luxurious on TV, I would think to myself, 
wow, I'm probably never going to get that, or I'm never go pro I'm probably never going to Fiji. It was it was myself doing that to myself. Right. Yeah. That's where it turns into, but that didn't like naturally when we're born, we believe that we can have anything we want. And it's only through life and society and interactions with other people and different events that happen in our life. Do we then create these limitations and ideas about that? Right. So that's where the shadow work lies, that there's more work for you to do around that. So if one starts digging and digging and digging, they may find the answer. Yep. Interesting. So let's pivot to something very simple, love. Mm -hmm. Latha, how can somebody manifest love or finding a partner into their life? Very simple question. <laughs> yeah, super simple here. Um, so just like I was mentioning with money, it starts with our limiting beliefs, because I know that there's that famous quote, we can only attract the love that we believe that we deserve. And it's true. We absolutely can only attract the love that we believe we deserve. And that comes with a lot of that work of really dispelling those past beliefs that we have. And those might be something like there are no good men left. Nobody over 40 wants to date, you know, oh, this, all these people just want one thing, you know, all of these intent or all of these limiting beliefs that we might have that are actually holding us back from having that love and having that experience. Every man that I've dated sucked. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Stuff like that. Yep. Or, you know, people only want to date me for my money or no one wants to date me because of my age or whatever. No one wants to date someone that has kids or I've heard it all. Right. And when you think about it, there's at least one other person out there in the world that has kids and has a successful relationship with someone new, right? Someone out there that is over 40 and has found the love of their life. Like if it's possible for anyone else, it's absolutely possible for you. And again, it, from what I'm hearing from you, it takes work, the shadow work, the digging, the digging, the digging, what's going on. And once you realize what those that's, I guess that's would be my follow-up question. Let's say you realize mm -hmm the source of this limiting belief, then what? And then it loses some power, <laughs> right? So when we see the source of our limiting beliefs, it we're then able as an adult, as a, you know, as a grown being to make different choices. So those limiting beliefs are kind of like running on autopilot, you know, with us all the time. And we don't even notice them, right? It might be something that like, oh, I'm not worthy for a job promotion. So we never even apply for the job. Hmm. I'm not worthy for love. So we never, you know, branch out or ask our crush out on a date, whatever the case is. And that's where the limitations come in, right? It keeps us stuck and stagnant. But once you're shining a light on that and you're like, oh, wait, I learned that, you know, I can't, um, this idea that I had about not being worthy of money came from way back here. And that's ridiculous. I believe something new. So a part of that with that shadow work is also creating new ideas about yourself and about what you can have. And that comes in the form of affirmations, right? So an affirmation is really like an I am statement. This is how I teach it at least is an I am statement. So if you had the idea that you're not deserving of abundance, and I think that that's kind of what you had said, we would shift that and use the opposite, right? So you can start saying, I am deserving of abundance. I am worthy of abundance. I am wealthy. I am capable. I am loved. I am beautiful. Like all of those things to really fill yourself up and your subconscious starts is very impressionable, right? So it starts to get 
the idea of what you're saying to it on a consistent basis and your limiting beliefs start to shift. I have also seen in a movie and a TV show where people write down their source of bad intentions, their limiting beliefs, they write it down and then they set a flame to it to symbolize that they are now letting go and that it will now be burnt and be sent off into the universe and you see the paper flying. Good cinematic experience, but is it also a strategy or a practice somebody can do in their life? Sure. If that's going to mean something to you, absolutely. And there is that space of it just being symbolic and not really being effective, right? You can just, it's not just about the action. It's about the actual, like the intention behind it. And are you truly letting go of that? That's where the power is. And also we want to be safe. If you are going to do this, make sure that you take all the necessary precautions. And so can you go a little bit into how you manifested your future husband or your dream husband? Yeah, sure. Um, He is my husband. We've been together for almost seven years now. We have two kids. Uh, So yeah, he's really my husband. He's been here for a while. Um, So I had actually been married previously. We kind of mentioned that I had gotten divorced and it was a very tumultuous time in my life. And I didn't really have a solid relationship for years because I was kind of stuck in that space of thinking that I didn't deserve a relationship or like who would want me as a divorcee, you know, like all of those ideas, all of those really limiting beliefs. And one day um, I realized exactly what I wanted. It was almost like I had gotten hit in the head with the shoe. Like someone just threw a shoe from the heavens and was just like, wait a second, you want this, you want a relationship, you know, you want a family. Can you tell me where exactly you were? Were you in someplace special or were you just at home? Uh, (laughs) I can tell you, actually, I know the exact space when this happened. Um, I was actually in a situationship, I'll call it, it wasn't a relationship, we were kind of someone I was dating off and on. Um, And this person, and we had an agreement, right, about what entailed in our relationship. And um, this person was fulfilling on that agreement and going to see someone else. And in that very moment, I was like, wow, this is not what I want any longer. Like my feelings and what my desires are have completely changed. And I really want someone that's not in a situationship, but that is in a relationship and that wants to have commitment and faith and wants to build something with me. And it wasn't necessarily anywhere special. Um, I, I think we were in New Jersey, to be completely honest. Um, and it was just that moment of me realizing it was, it was the clarity of contrast, right? I was gifted exactly what I didn't want. And that gave me this gift of knowing what I did want. Cause it was so clear that where I was and what I was experiencing in that moment, I didn't want. Right. And that changed things for me. And in that moment, it was literally that moment. I took a piece of paper and I wrote at the top of the paper, my ideal partner. And on it, I listed all of the characteristics that I wanted in my ideal partner, the person that I wanted to be with, you know, and some of those characteristics were um, funny, caring, faithful, uh, someone that wants to have a family, someone that would be a good dad, someone that was tall. I really like tall guys, right? So I, on my little paper, I wrote taller than six feet. That was what I wanted, you know? Um, and one of the other things I wrote on there was uh, knows how to cook. 
because I had been single for a long time and cooking just wore me out, you know? So that was just like one of the things that I had listed on that list. And that's where it all started. And, and so you listed these things on a piece of paper. Mm -hmm. And I think on TikTok and your other videos, you say that you read it or you looked at the list every night. And when you woke up, yeah. Every morning, as soon as I woke up in the morning and every night, right before I went to bed, not only would I look at the list, but I would feel the feelings of actually being with my ideal partner. How much dedication does that take? How much do you really want that ideal partner in your life? Right. And, and that's how much, what it is. And, or how much do you really want this thing that you want to attract into your life? Whether it's abundance, whether it's love, whether yeah. it's a rose, you're saying that if you truly believe it and you look at it and you repeat these affirmations to yourself, it will happen for you. If you have faith. Yes, absolutely. So tell us about the art gallery. Yeah. So uh, I had just moved down to Florida the week before, literally from New York. I had packed up my stuff in U-Haul and me and my sister drove it down to Florida because I had just moved there. Um, I was totally overwhelmed with the whole situation of moving across the country, essentially, and being on my own uh, and having a house that needed a lot of work that I was ambitiously trying to be, you know, Joanna Gaines from HGTV and fix up, but didn't quite have all the skills. So knowing what I know about manifesting, I was like, this is the wrong energy for me to be in. So I took a day off. It was a Wednesday. Um, and I decided to go to the art gallery and just have a good day. I love art. I'm a, I'm a trained artist. I enjoy painting and looking at art and discussing art, all those things, art, right? So I went, decided to go to the Norton Art Gallery. It was the first time I'd ever been there. I, I walked in and behind me was a really cute guy. And I saw him. I smiled at him. He smiled at me, just casual politeness. And when I got to the desk, I noticed that the fee to get in for students was actually $5 and not $10 as I had already originally thought. I had a $10 bill in my hand anyways. So I gave it to the lady and I said, Hey, you know, I'm going to buy a ticket for me and I'm going to buy one for my friend behind me. And I said it loud enough so he could hear me obviously. And she, she turned to me, the, the ticket agent turned to me and said, Hey, that's really nice of you to buy him a ticket. And I said, you know what? It's cool. He's going to buy me dinner later. And we kind of like walked away from the desk and I gave him the ticket. And I was like, Hey man, I was just kidding. This total stranger, right. That was sitting behind me in line. I was just kidding. You know, I just wanted to do a random act of kindness. I was going to spend the 10 bucks anyway. So I might as well, you know, have bought you a ticket, gave it to him. And, um, he kind of looked at me he smiled and he said, you know what? I don't know about buying you dinner later, but I would love to make you dinner sometime. I'm a professional chef. <laughs> And uh, from then we, that was the, the, we have been together since that moment. <laughs> Can we break down the scene just a little bit? He's, sure. he's behind you and mm -hmm. you say he's going to buy me dinner later. It, yep. Is with, is he within earshot of this? Is he listening to this? Oh yeah. He's directly behind me in line. Yep. And so the person gives you the two tickets. Mm -hmm. You walk off. Does he follow you? Yeah, we were, he just like was walking right next to me. And I was like, Hey man, here's your ticket with no, no further intention. Honestly, on my part, I was just like, I was just trying to do something nice. I'm just wondering what's going on in his head. Like, Oh, okay. She's <laughs> buying me a ticket. And so mm -hmm. I guess I'll follow her because she's going to give me the ticket. Uh -huh. right? it, it, it was like two steps away from the desk. It wasn't, you know, too far. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. And then 
Okay. And then the art gallery. So there um, was definitely a spark between us. You know, as soon as I saw him, I was like, oh man, who's this guy? You know, and I think that he had kind of had the same experience on his end. Uh, so when I kind of opened the door for an opportunity of conversation or anything, even like a moment for us to kind of connect in, he took it and I took it and we were on board. And in the art gallery, I mean, I'm not saying it's going to be awkward, but I'm, I'm just wondering now, like, are you going from, you know, artwork to artwork and like catching him on the side of your eye or something? No, from that moment, we walked around the art gallery. I think we spent like three hours or four hours together just walking around the art gallery. Together. Like you stayed with him next to him. Yep. Going from artwork to artwork. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We were just talking about the paintings and um, talking about our life experiences and things like that. And through that conversation, we realized that we were both New Yorkers. He's from New York as well. And we, you know, we just happened to be in Florida at this art gallery on a Wednesday <laughs> randomly. So yeah. was, was he at this art gallery alone? He was. Mm-hmm. So he's, he was working as a professional chef as a private chef at the time and his day off was Wednesdays, which is like a random day off, right? Usually we have the weekends off, but in the professional chef career, um, you cook for your family on the weekends, the family that you work for. So he had Wednesdays off. So he was going to make the most of his Wednesday and go to the art gallery. I kind of want to get more from his side. I want that vantage point where, okay, <laughs> you bought me a ticket. Thank you. And then I, I think there should have been something more to, to keep him next to you. Um I, I don't know if he would have just said thank you and then gone on his own to experience the gallery. Can, oh, can you go a little bit more into that? Like what would make him stay with you next to you throughout the gallery? Oh, Hector, it was my smile. <laughs> but he? has he, has he, okay. Have, okay. But honestly, you've had to have this conversation with him years after like, what made you follow me or what made you stay with me at the art gallery? And what has been his response? Um, you know, it, th- when we met and we started chatting and talking, it felt like we had known each other for a lot longer than like 10 minutes, right? Like it, the moment we had met and started talking, it was like everything I learned about him we had some kind of synchronicity too in our lives. We both had the first, the same first beat up car, you know, from like when we were like 16 or 18 years old, just starting to learn to drive. You know, we both had like, we both were from like the same state in New York, but we were way, way, way far from that. We had so many similarities, even though we were very, very different, right? I'm Indian. I grew up in a a traditional Indian Tamil household and he is a Polish American German and he grew up in like a standard American household. So it was very different, but yet we had so much in common. So I'm trying, I'm, I think I'm now starting to get the picture. Okay. This woman bought me a ticket. The least I can do is start a conversation with her. She's, she's not with anybody. I'm not with anybody. Let me talk to her as we start in the gallery. You guys start talking and you realize you have a lot more in common than you first thought. And you're enjoying this conversation so much that you spend the whole time in this gallery together. 
Am I getting the story clear? Yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> Excellent. Okay, that was that was the little <laughs> detail that was bothering me. I'm sorry <laughs> if I went on a tangent there. And now you're 19 million views in. Your other videos are getting thousands and thousands of views. I think your follow-up to Family Reveal is hitting like 4 million. What manifestations do you believe will follow up you going viral? You mean like, what are the goals that I've set for myself in regards to my TikTok profile? (laughs) Um, I mean, I have a lot of goals. I don't tend to, you know, speak on them publicly, but I can say that, you know, I started my TikTok account. uh, I think it was like in February of this year. And I have just been, you know, very diligent in not only learning about the app and the how to do that, but also with connecting with various different people and, you know, just growing in a very organic way. And I think that the best advice that I can give to anyone else that's looking to start a TikTok account or get bigger on social media is to be authentic. There's enough fake people out there in the world. We deal with it on a constant basis, right? But when you show your authenticity, when you show that you can show something that's real, that's emotional, that if you can teach someone something to someone, people want to see more of that. And I think that, authenticity is the only way to go viral on that particular app, because if not, people are just going to continue scrolling by you. They, they see right through you. You do not go viral on TikTok faking it. You really don't. So the only people that do go viral are the true, honest people. I'm not saying that all of their intentions are good. You know, I've seen some viral videos where people hurt themselves or they play pranks on someone. But again, what to your point, if you're authentic and you're manifesting that, you may achieve it. Mm-hmm. Latha, what does a spiritual manifestation coach do? Oh, that's a great question. Um, so basically, I teach people how to manifest and how to get more in touch with their spiritual side of things. And that's kind of a very diluted, uh, very like condensed version of, you know, what exactly I do, but, um, I coach people to really achieve whatever it is they want in their life, whether it's a solid relationship, whether it's more money in their lives, whether it's a promotion at work, uh, change in their shifts. I mean, really it's, it's completely limitless. Like one of my clients, um, is, was an up and coming actor and he, he really wanted to go and get his actor's Uh, card. And we set goals and we created some manifestations around that. And, you know, it was amazing to watch his growth. You know, I've had other clients that were looking to um, start a family and, you know, we set some goals around that and were able to manifest it through aligned action. Right. And I really want to point, talk about aligned action for a moment, because I don't want people to think it's just about you sitting in your basement, doing your shadow work and, you know, uh, using your affirmations and then boom, (laughs) your life just changes. Doesn't quite work like that, right? Like you have to be an aligned action. And what aligned action means is actually taking steps towards your goal. So for me with, you know, getting, going viral on TikTok, what would be an aligned action? Well, making a TikTok account, (laughs) making a video, right? That it could go viral, like really putting those things in play. And really being able to um, like touch on that. So aligned actions for being able to meet someone is to get really clear on the idea of, you know, who you want to meet. Well, that's not through aligned action, but that's what step one, right? Get really clear on who you want to meet. 
And then go places that actually make you happy, that bring you joy. And why is that? Because it's more likely that other people are going to be in that space doing things that bring them joy. And then you automatically have something in common. Also, when you're in a space of joy, you radiate that out to the world. And it is so attractive. People want to be near you when you're happy, when you're joyous, when you're feeling a full heart of love. Latha, I want to thank you for coming on to my podcast. This has been one of the most interesting conversations I've ever had in my entire life. And I have you to thank for it. You are going places. Latha, how can people find you if they want to hire you to be their manifestation coach? Where can people find you? Yeah, you can find me on TikTok. My uh, username is Latha, L-A-T-H-A underscore J-A-Y. And I have a link there in which you can reach out to and contact me. Excellent. Are you on any other social media channels? I think you're on Instagram, right? I am on Instagram as well. And my username on Instagram is uh, Latha, L-A-T-H-A underscore J-A-Y underscore on Instagram. And I'm starting a YouTube channel and uh, maybe some other stuff coming up. But right now it's just those two mainly. Latha, have you ever thought of being an author and writing all of this down for people to buy and manifest themselves? Absolutely. A hundred percent. I know we had kind of talked about goals before and I didn't want to say too much, but since you've mentioned it, um, yeah, I'm actually in the process of writing a book all about manifesting so that people can kind of do it on their own at home. You know, just how much the secret has served me. I want to be able to put my own spin on things, modernize it a bit and really be able to share that with the world. Excellent. Latha, I want to thank you for coming on to my podcast again. This podcast episode is called The Power of Manifestation with Latha J. Latha, again, it was a pleasure speaking with you today. Uh, Thank you again. Thank you, Hector. Thanks so much for having me. This was so much fun. I love talking with you and getting to share our story a little bit. So thanks so much. And this is it for the Life Teacher Podcast. Until next time. Bye.